I have been bringing a series of messages on introduction to the will of God. Introduction to the will of God. This is part three. Very briefly, we're taking the phrase in the Bible, the will of God, and we're just looking at that. We're wanting to make sure uh, we know what the will of God is. And especially Wednesday, as I finish this, this Wednesday, I'm going to show you that the importance, maybe something you haven't thought about before about the will of God, I'll reveal in the last lesson Wednesday night how important it is. But there are certain things in the Bible that, that say for sure are God's will. Number one, for all to be saved. Okay, this is review now, for all to be saved. If you're not saved tonight, you're not in God's will. You need to be saved. Number two, for the saved to be sanctified. That is, if you are saved, God then wants to work on you a process whereby he makes you and I more holy, more separate unto him. So, number three, uh, we can be uh, given to the Lord. Uh, we talked about how it's God's will that you give yourself to the Lord. You still have a free will after you're saved. You can just live for yourself if you want to, uh, and many do. Uh, but we also should just give ourselves to the Lord. Another one I put in there, number three, was for all the saved to be thankful. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, First Thessalonians 5, verse 18. So we got to work on our gratitude attitude, right? And if you're grumpy, negative, complaining, dramatic, some people love drama, don't they? I hate drama. I just like doctrine, you know, just... Uh, uh, but uh, we, we, uh, we need to be thankful. There's so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. Number five, that we give ourselves to our leaders. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse 5, it says, by the will of God. It says, you first gave yourselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of the Lord. And so God has set up spiritual leaders for us to give ourselves to, to help them in doing the Lord's work in the area and around the world. And we went over that Wednesday night, how what our part is as church members giving ourselves to our spiritual leaders and what their part is for them to remember that Christ is the head of the church and that they're not to be, have dominion over our faith, they're not to be lords over God's heritage, they're not to be dictators. They're not to have any part with the deeds or doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and we describe that. And so now we're up to number six, and that is your movements. Your movements uh, should be guided by the will of the Lord. God has a will for your life. Imagine that. There's eight billion people on earth right now, and God has a special plan for you. A special plan for you, an individual plan for your life, and I say this a lot, and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other, but don't miss God's will for this world. It, this world is not worth it. It's too empty. You want to find God's will. Now, it says here in Romans 1 and verse 10, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. So notice number six, your movements, my movements, should be according to the will of God. God wants to direct the movements in our lives. 
Later in the book, in Romans chapter number 15, and verse 32, and I just touched on this a little Wednesday, but we'll just go through three points tonight and then have the Lord's Supper. In Romans 15 and verse number 32, it says that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. So I want you to notice that. He wanted to come to the Romans and he wanted to get to Spain by the will of the Lord. The Lord was guiding the movements of his life. God wants to guide the movements of your life. Too many times I remember as a pastor, people would leave the area, leave the church, and uh, just announce, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm moving to this state, I'm moving to this state, or whatever, and I will say something as simple as, now, have you found a church that you and your family are going to be able to attend when you get there? And they say, oh, no, uh, we'll find one when we get there. And too often, the story has come back after the years, we just can't find a good church down here. We can find a lot more money uh, with our new job and employment, but, but we're suffering spiritually. And we need to know God's movements in our lives before we make the move. Knowing what the will of the Lord is, and, and, not, and, and as I, I say Wednesday night, I hope you'll see how important God's will is. I'll shed a whole, maybe a whole different light on it you haven't thought about before. You don't want to miss God's will. And what an exciting adventure it is in our lives when God directs our steps. Uh, we are told in... Uh, uh, Psalms 37 and verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and it is exciting when the Lord orders our steps. Now, we see in these verses from Romans that these were like major decisions in Paul's life. A major decision. I need to get to Spain with the gospel, which back then was considered the end of the world. They didn't know of anything beyond it. I need to get to Rome by the will of God. And some of you, Pastor uh, Gullo's, um, uh, his uh, testimony was such a blessing earlier about all those being baptized today at uh, Brightway Baptist there in Cataraugus. I've been watching his steps being ordered by the Lord for some time. And I don't have time to tell the whole story, but my wife and I just happened to be going to Jacksonville one uh, day in summer, a few years ago or whatever, and, and Pastor Herzik, who I was with this morning out at uh, 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 New Beginnings Baptist Church, him and I were talking, and I, I said, you know, we're, just, we're looking for a pastor, uh, maybe a permanent pastor that could help us at Brightway Baptist. Do you know anybody? And he mentioned... Um, Brother uh, Gullo, somebody else had mentioned Brother Gullo to me in, in the past, I believe it was Brother Constantino, a long time ago. And uh, I said, well, what's he up to? What's he doing? He says, oh, I don't know, he lives down in Jacksonville now. And we had already had reserved flights to go to Jacksonville. Uh, and uh, then we were going to go on to a house and stay in Florida for a couple weeks. And so I called the brother and I said, can we get together for coffee or something? I'd just like to meet you and talk to you. And 
He was seeking the Lord's will, and God put us in Jacksonville at the same time. We thought, it's a long story, but I've been watching God guide his steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he seeks more than anything in his life. I know him to, to, to want to do God's will. God's will. And, uh, of course, he's got a wonderful supportive wife and family. And praise the Lord for that. I think Elizabeth was baptized this morning. Is that correct? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. That is exciting when some of your own family members get baptized. But I could see uh, that. And there's an adventure for you. Now, it might not be that major, major. I know uh, in our church over here, Brianna Dye has been seeking the Lord and counsel. And it says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Uh, Proverbs 15 and verse 23 about her, and, and, and there's a pretty good chance that she'll be going off to the mission field in May in Papua New Guinea uh, to work, and she's just totally immersed in her preparation for that, for medical missions, uh, learning to be a nurse in college and everything. And this is a big, big step in her life. And our movements should be according to the will of God. And we're praying that this is God's will. It certainly looks like it. The door's open. And uh, I think they're building a medical clinic over there and everything, trying to get ready for her, maybe a house and so on. Uh, And uh, that is uh, exciting. Um, In a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now, let me always, I always explain this verse before I go on. It does not say in the multitude of opinions, there is safety. I've known people that go to this person or this person or this person or this person until they finally find someone who will agree with them. You know, and I, I can remember one, one girl uh, way back in the 1980s who I, I said, it's not God's will for you to marry this man. And other Christians told her that and other Christians told her that and other Christians, the guy wasn't even saved. But she finally found one person who would agree with her. Gave her the opinion and and pretty much derailed her life from God's will. I knew God's will for her life because we had talked and counseled and it was going to be a glorious uh, partnership for we are laborers together with God. It's a wonderful partnership and the whole thing is derailed. None of that ever happened. So watch out for that. We can always find somebody who will agree with our opinion. Eventually, the multitude of counselors, these are spiritual elders, men and women who know the word of God, who know the will of God and who who can guide us in in the multitude of those types of counselors. There is safety. There is safety and God wants to order uh, our steps. And uh, we could just see it's just just sometimes things happen. I know Brother Trombley over here has been. Going out to Forestville Baptist. Is that what it's called or is it First Baptist? Yeah, Forestville Baptist. Forestville Baptist Church at Forestville. I have prayed for that church for years. For years I've prayed that God would send somebody to at least do pulpit supply. And uh, I can remember when God worked in Garrett Hall's life the same way he's working in your life. We're just pulpit supply and things. And so we'll see what happens there. But God guides our steps. God guides our steps. Down in Kennedy, I can't tell you the rejoicing I had today because I went down there the first time with Jody and Mike, met them in the parking lot back here in Eden one day back in 2011, drove down there, 
Route 62. I, I think the guy was drunk that, that laid it out or something. I don't know why anybody would write out, would, would, would make a road go like that. And so we were invited to go to Kennedy to see a property. And Mike and Jody, Jody was one of our church secretaries. Then she married Mike. He was up here at First Baptist in Hamburg, assistant youth pastor. And I can remember that. I can remember so many stories uh, where people sought the will of the Lord. And uh, Jody said to Mike, I don't want to go to Kennedy. And uh, he said, I don't think you have a choice in the matter. (laughs) So we went down there. We got down there. We're looking over this educational building. And then they got the church. And then the gymnasium. And then the parsonage. And... uh, the, uh, the church that owned it wanted to just drop it in their lap and give it all to them for free. And I thought, man, well, nobody ever did that for me uh, or us. We had to pay for everything. But, uh, and I say we because we've all done things together, that's for sure. But uh, amen. And we went down there, and, and on the way back, uh, Mike said to me, what do you think, Pastor? I said, don't even pray. Don't even pray. You've been praying for years. God has answered your prayer. Just move down there and get started. And, and like I said, they had like over 100, probably 100 people in church this morning. After, and they're 12 years old, and, and it's just wonderful. Boy, you go through the buildings. I remember when I first saw them. And I, I've, we, you know, we've renovated a lot of buildings together, and what a wreck. What a disaster. Now the bathrooms are so nice, and the educational building, the auditorium is beautiful, and the gymnasium's almost finished. I remember going there the first time, the water leaking and all, and thinking, man, this place is unusable. Then we ate with them uh, this afternoon. My wife stayed home. She's she's sick. But um, the parsonage is beautiful. Congregation's growing. People are happy in the Lord. It's a wonderful thing to see. It's a wonderful thing to see. Now turn to Matthew 21, and I want to show you something else, too, that maybe we haven't thought about enough. Um, these adventures of walking with the Lord and seeing God work are not just for people in the ministry. All right, let's look at a couple little stories here, and I don't know if I'll even get through point two tonight, but we'll see. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, verse 1, under the Mount of Olives, Matthew 21, Then sent Jesus two of his disciples, saying unto them. Now tell me if they didn't remember this story the rest of their life. Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. Now I want you to notice the little movements of our lives the little move, not just the major uh, decisions of Brother Gullo going to Cattaraugus and Brother Herzog to Kennedy and Brana to Papua New Guinea and, and, and wherever else God may have 
led you or, or will lead you, not just those major life-transforming decisions that often ministers go to, but I want you to notice the little details of people's, people's lives. And he says to these guys here, he says, now you're, I need you to go over the village, the next village over, and you're going to find a donkey tied up there, and there's going to be a colt there. They, they always rode together, the two, so they wouldn't get spooked. Amen. Do you ever see horse races? And at the end, they always bring up another horse and the, the two horses ride around. you ever see that? I'm glad you didn't. All right. Probably not much to see in horse races. But if you've ever seen horse races, to the gate, and after the race, they bring another horse up to the other horse just to settle it down. Settle it down. So that's going on here. That's this little detail to help fulfill a prophetic scripture. And we don't know what their names were. But I got a feeling the rest of their life they said, boy, you know, we went into the village and sure enough, there was that donkey and there was that colt and we started to loose it and somebody said, what are you doing? And they said, the Lord hath need of it. And they said, oh, okay, go ahead, take it. See, the Lord wants to lead the movements of our life according to his will, even in small matters. And I think if we thought more that way, that we'd have more testimonies of divine appointments in our lives. I remember a preacher of a very large church, and he lived almost 25 miles away from the church, and he'd go to his office every day, and so he had a million different ways he could have gotten to his office. But he would pray every day to the Holy Spirit to guide him on which way to take to the office that day. And he said, you know, towards the end of his life, that so many times... Well, he was going, and God said, go this way, and prompted his heart. And, and You know, we know, we're not talking about an audible voice. We're just talking about the Holy Spirit prompting. Some of you know what that means. He would run across somebody who had run out of gas, or somebody that had a flat tire, or somebody that had a dead battery. And he would stop as a divine appointment and help them get a jump, change the tire, get some gas. And he was able to lead many of those people to Christ. Because he just simply identified himself. Hey, you know, as a Christian, I was just praying that God would lead me today to help somebody. And here you are. And, and he was able to help people, give them tracks, and sometimes actually lead them to Christ. You see, this, this point here, number six, about our movements according to the will of God. That's what, that's what Paul said. I want to go to Spain by the will of God. I want to come to the, you Romans by the will of God. And... Uh, James taught us, don't, don't say, you know, I'm going to go into the city and, and trade and get gain and everything. But James said, what you should say rather is this, if the Lord will, I will do such and such and such and such. And we need to get God's will more into our personal lives on a daily basis. And not just think it's some major decision that we have to make once or twice in our life. Who am I going to marry? Okay, you want to be in God's will for that, that's for sure. But let's see, I need God's will for who I'm going to marry, where I'm going to work, maybe if I'm going to get in Christian service. No, no, we need God's will every day to lead us to help people. And, uh, you know, my prayer the other day, I went up to the hospital, and I said, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, it just... I just need to get into the room. This man's in ICU, and I need to talk to him alone. I pray that nobody would be there. And then all of a sudden, things started going wrong, and I'm an hour late. I get in there, ICU, 
room, eight people in it. If you know anything about visitation, they don't let eight people in a ICU room, but they're all there. Because it wasn't good, the, the situation wasn't good. But God's will was that I talk to all of them, not just one. But I could say some words to them and pray with them. And God wants to lead the, 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 the movements of our life. We don't think of the movements of our life in God's will. And maybe if we just started out each morning, <coughs> we had some time or something, we said, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go? To? How do you want me to get there? Or Lord, if I just cross paths with somebody, open my eyes enough to see this opportunity. Turn to Mark chapter 14 and verse 13. Mark 14 and verse 13. And he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go ye into the city, and there you shall meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house, the master saith, Where is the guest chamber? Where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples, and he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared, and there make ready for us. And his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them. And they made ready the Passover. See, I'm trying to point out here, not just the big things are God's will, but the little movements in our lives can be ordered by the Lord. And boy, you will have an exciting life of divine appointments that God is going to set up for you if you will try to be in the will of God every day regarding your movements. Regarding your movements. Now let me go to one other and then we're going to have the Lord's Supper. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.1, 1, 1, if you'd like to turn there, and if not, I'm going to do a bunch of one ones right now. I want you to hear something that repeats over and over again. 1 Corinthians 1.1. 1, 1. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 1.1. 1, 1. I'm going to read Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. Colossians 1.1. 1, 1. 2 Timothy 1.1. 1, 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Now he's going to repeat that. He says five times he's going to say, I'm apostle of Jesus Christ by or through the will of God. So number six is your calling, or, or, or number seven is your calling. Number six is your movements. Number seven is your calling by the will of God. This was not Paul's calling. He didn't say, you know, I think I'll be an apostle. That sounds like it's pretty exciting. And he made some, own, some decision uh, in his own mind uh, or flesh. Now, there's some people that are like that. I'm sorry to say this, but... I wish we could kick some people out of the ministry. They're bottling up churches. They're killing churches. They're dead. They're boring. They've never been called. They've just thought it was some kind of an occupation or something. Or, boy, I'd sure like to tell people what I think. And they've never been called. And I really think that there's a lot of people 
uh, in ministry say it shouldn't be. And they're wasting God's money. They're wasting God's resources. And especially they're bottling up church buildings or eventually closing them down. And I believe, even, even I can tell you now by experience, that if they get out of the way, God will provide for them. And uh, Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. So he's calling a lot of people. He always has. And it, it, it should not be considered just some emotional decision or something if you at camp as a child or teen camp or snow camp hear from God and God speaks to you at a young age to give your life to the Lord and what your calling might be. Uh, you should not think that's strange. God has done that for three or two millennia. And in fact, if I was God, I'd call boys and girls in their childhood and in their youth so we could have them the rest of their time. But there, there's, there's many that have been called, and, and when it says many are called but few are chosen, it, it kind of means this, many are called but very few become qualified to be used by the Lord. Uh, Timothy said, and I th- I'm sorry, Paul said about his calling, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, praise the Lord, you don't have to worry about whether you can do it or not, he will enable you. For that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. And so he was called because prior to his calling, he was faithful. And sometimes I like to portray the will of God this way to people. It's in two parts. There's the revealed will of God, which is basically the same for all of us. Like I said, get saved, be sanctified, give your life to the Lord. And all the commandments, we went over that Wednesday, every commandment in the New Testament that our Lord has given us. You know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's God's will for all of us. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's God's will, will for all of us. Love the brethren. That's God's will for us. Love, love the lost. Love your enemies. Pray. Study the Bible. Uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Go to church. That's part of God's will. All those commandments are God's will. And there's like 200 of them in the New Testament. We're not talking about Moses and the law. We're talking about New Testament commandments where Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's, that's part of God's will, okay? We're not going through the specific. These are just general, 10 general uh, observations about the will of God we're going through. And this will be our last one tonight. But as a person is faithful doing what God says... Like Paul said, God counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. And what was his ministry? He said five times he was an apostle by the will of God. 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 He didn't say, I volunteered for this. No, no, it was God's will. My calling. So your movements should be led by the Lord. should be God's will. Okay, I doubt if God's going to send you up to the casino. Uh, to uh, play the slots or whatever. I, I really doubt that, okay? Um, I, I really doubt that. He's not going to do that. Uh, but he might send you across the street, and we got a neighbor now that's hurting. Her husband died this week, and, and we're ministering to her. Got a nice text from her this afternoon. And, 
And uh, uh, we love her. But uh, our movements, but also our calling, our calling. It should be the desire of everybody in this room to know more than anything what we call the concealed will of God. And the only way to get to that point of the concealed will of God or your calling is to be faithful in the revealed will of God. Because God's watching you. It's like he's looking over and saying, this guy's going to church all the time. This guy's praying. This guy's studying the Bible. This guy's trying to obey my commandments. And, and now the pastor's got him working with a couple little kids and he's being faithful with that. And, and God says, you know, I, if he's faithful in that which is little, he'll be faithful in much. And a lot of times God reaches down and calls people, calls people, uh, your um, calling. Know your uh, um, calling. And God will uh, show you that concealed will of God. And that, that could be true, too, about things like marriage. I mean, it's best not to be looking around. All right, it's best not to be dating and I'm going to try this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy because then when you get married, you'll be confused the rest of your life and say, boy, I should have had that guy or that guy was better than this guy. And man, that, that messes up a lot of people. It really does. We just need to go. I mean, Adam started looking around and God knocked him out. And he gave him the first anesthesiologist was the Lord. He put him to sleep. So that's enough for you, man. You knocked him right out took a rib out of his side, made the woman, and then brought her to the man. Isn't that precious? And then presided over the first wedding ceremony. And, and even in the New Testament, we're told what God hath joined together. Let not man put asunder. Let God be the one that joins you together. Your calling, your calling is not worth uh, missing. And uh, I, I can remember just giving my life to the Lord at a missions conference. I thought God had called me to be a missionary. I really did. I came back, talk, told Leslie that we were dating at the time, just heading for marriage. I said, boy, I think God called me to be a missionary. I don't know. I don't know. But we just got faithful. We just got into church. 1978 just started getting faithful. 79, 80, 81, 82, 83. All of a sudden... Knock on my door one time, and it was Ed and Carol Durham. They said, uh, Brother Art, uh, we came over representing some of our friends here. We were wondering, would you be our pastor? Would you be our pastor? After I was just trying to faithfully serve the Lord, I was just going to church. I was being the song leader. I was playing my trumpet. I was taking the teens out, soul winning, working on a bus route, and and uh, teaching a, a, a teen group. And I was just trying to be faithful, minding my own business. And uh, I never, and, and the, the same thing with, uh, with uh, a lot of preachers that I know of in the ministry, and, and men and women in the ministry of missions and evangelists, that God opened the door. God called them. They didn't push through it or run through it. God just blamed when his time opened a door. And uh, until then, they were like John the Baptist who was in the deserts till the time of his showing. 
And Paul, just in the church at Antioch, just being one of the prophets and teachers there, and God said, counted him faithful and said, I want you two right there, Barnabas and Paul, to be sent by this church out to be missionaries. So I'm going to stop there tonight, but your movements, big and small, should be according to the will of God. I want to encourage you to start practicing that and see what kind of exciting stories, testimonies you can have. Maybe you never thought that way. But maybe this week you go and say, Lord, guide my movements this week and help my eyes to be wide open for opportunities to minister. The gospel is the most important thing, but sometimes you just minister by picking up someone's leaves or cleaning somebody's rain gutters or, you know, digging somebody out of the snow. We get those opportunities uh, to show our love to people that way. And you never know what might happen. But I want to encourage you, go in this week a little bit different and say, Lord, guide the small movements of my life according to your will. And I think you've got some adventures ahead of you that maybe you're missing if you've never seen that in the Bible. And then you're calling, just be faithful. Just be faithful. And then maybe God will say someday, I don't know, I want you to work in a senior's ministry. I want you to work with the deaf. I want you to work with teens. I want you to work with children. I want you to work with uh, the divorced. I want you to work with the, the grieving. And, uh, and, and, and God will, will specialize something in your life. That he can use you, that the church can use you. And, and uh, you know, Pastor and I were over at Yvonne's one day, and she just said, i, I got to have some counseling or something. You know, and I know there's ministries like Grief Share Ministries. There's hospital visitation. Some are really good at hospital visitation. And they have good bedside manners. And, and they can go and sometimes relieve the pastor for some of his other duties as they go to see the, the sick or go to the nursing home or, 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 or something. I don't know what it is. He might just want you to be faithful in that, the nursery or the kitchen we need the kitchen all the time we're having dinners and stuff and music uh i'm I'm called to glorify god with music and boy we need that that's right in the bible as a way to praise the lord well i know that this sermon did not really lead up very well to the lord's supper but let's bow our heads and close our eyes right now in a word of prayer pastor baron is going to come And the Lord's Supper is a time of self-examination. First of all, we're supposed to judge ourselves before we take of the elements of the Lord's Supper to be sure we're right with God. So be sure you're saved and then right with the Lord and the pastor is going to come and lead this ordinance of the Lord's Supper. You go ahead and pray right now just between you and the Lord. Make it right with God. Give a good confession right now.